Marketplace is supported by Putnam Investments, recognizing the value of financial advice since 1937. Putnam Investments, a world of investing. Produced in association with the University of Southern California. When the protests finally end, the hard work in Egypt is going to start. How to rebuild that country's economy. From American Public Media, this is Marketplace. Marketplace is supported by Yellow Book 360, offering a spectrum of marketing tools for small businesses designed to go beyond yellow. More at yellowbook360.com. And by LendingTree, providing up to four loan offers from a network of lenders. Learn more at LendingTree.com or 1-800-555-8733. From the Frank Stanton Studios in Los Angeles, I'm Kai Rizdal. It's Tuesday, today, the 1st of February. Good, as always, to have you with us. Hosni Mubarak offered this political compromise today. He said he's not going to resign, but he's not going to run again when his term's up in September. That announcement came in a speech this afternoon. Whoever does follow Mubarak, and whenever that does happen, they're going to have some real fence-mending to do, politically, of course, also economically. Marcus Noland is a senior fellow at the Peterson Institute for International Economics. Marcus, it's good to have you with us. My pleasure. We talked a little bit on the broadcast yesterday about the Egyptian economy today and, and how much trouble it's in. Do me a favor and flashback like a week ago. I mean, how, how was that economy and how was it functioning? The Egyptian economy has actually not done badly over time. Uh, there's been steady per capita income growth. Improvements on social indicators have been quite impressive. Uh, share of uh, people in measured poverty is still high, but it's been steadily falling. So I think one would say the Egyptian economy had, had been doing pretty well. They were definitely benefiting from the boom in commodity prices. Foreign direct investment was way up in Egypt. So up until a week ago, uh, while they still had some very serious long-run challenges, at least the short-run outlook was pretty good good. Lay out some of those longer run challenges for me, would you? Well, the basic problem they have is one of employment. They have, uh, like other economies in the Middle East, uh, a demographic bulge. So the number of new people entering the job force is about 4% a year. And so they have to generate jobs. Unemployment in Egypt is almost 10 times as high for college graduates as it is for people who have gone through elementary school. So they have a basic problem with unemployment, but particularly urban youth educated unemployment. And those are precisely the people who you see out in the streets. Not to create a false equivalence here, but it's a little bit like trying to create jobs here in the United States. How does a government then with that kind of challenge create those jobs? Ultimately, what they have to do is experience more successful globalization than they have to date. They need to be able to penetrate international supply markets, especially in industrial goods that can generate a lot of employment. They have the advantage of proximity to Western Europe. They have free trade agreements uh, with the EU. So they ought to be focusing on how they can expand manufacturers and services exports, especially to that uh, rich nearby market. Well, speaking of nearby markets, how important is the regional context for the Egyptian economy? The regional context is important in the sense that Egypt's economy is very heavily tied to the Gulf. One of the problems the Egyptians face, and it's the same problem they face in Jordan and indeed in the Palestinian Authority as well, is that young college graduates uh, have a choice. They can accept a job in Egypt or in Jordan as, say, working as an accountant, or they can wait and hope to land a much higher paying job as an accountant in the Gulf or hit the lottery and get a visa and go to Western Europe or the United States. So oddly enough, the proximity of these countries that don't have enormous natural resource endowments, but their proximity to countries that do 
increases their wage rates in Egypt, in Jordan, in Tunisia, and actually makes it more difficult for entrepreneurs in those countries to create jobs. How much longer do you think there is, Marcus, uh, in Egypt specifically, before the political crisis becomes a lasting economic crisis? Well, the short-run disruptions uh, have been obviously in the tourism sector, which is about a sixth of the economy, as well as the linkages to the outside world in both exports and imports. You know, it, it is going to get bad fairly quickly because of rising food and fuel prices. But really, th those things will, will ultimately resolve themselves once you get political stability. But the important thing is whoever takes power after Mubarak is still going to face the difficult problems of employment and especially educated youth unemployment. Marcus Noland, he's the deputy director and a senior fellow at the Peterson Institute for International Economics in Washington. Marcus, thanks a lot for your time. Thank you. So you say you want a revolution.